0: Laser
1: update for March fifteenth, twenty twenty. I'm forty-four in Open. I'm Patrick Methylene. I'm Brandon Parkins. I'm Chris Logie. I'm Dan Red Victoria, and I'm Lee Lamb.
0: And uh, hopefully, all of you have been uh well, keeping up with the uh, recent insanity regarding the human malware that's been spreading. Mm-hmm. Uh Yeah. I, guess... I don't think there's any getting away from it. No, nope. it really can't. I, I was trying to find stories that didn't really relate to uh, what was going on, but it it's very difficult right now because it's yeah. it's having such an effect on well everything really yeah mm-hmm. so yeah we're gonna talk about that and potential ramifications of well the gaming industry as a whole in general in uh, later on uh, but before we get there we'll talk about uh, what we've been doing this week because uh, uh, I imagine most of you have probably been at home for the ones who you know can work from home yeah. Mm. Yeah. My
2: job's still debating it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Surprisingly
3: yeah. enough, if anything, uh the pandemic has revealed that a lot more jobs can be done from home than previously thought.
0: Yeah, it's as long as, you know, the the companies are set up to be able to do that. Yep. But yeah. It's going to be
4: It's going to be interesting to see what happens if this turns into, you know, a a thing where people have to be away for a while and then people come back and they go, I don't feel safe coming back in the office um, because y'all are nasty (laughs) and not and not not just like a y'all are nasty type thing. But also um, if you guys have paid attention, you know, to the news at all, there are plenty of people that are out there ignoring the idea that you should just stay the fuck at home, yeah, including including people like uh, was it the governor of Oklahoma mm-hmm. was out there and like posted a picture on Twitter of him and his sons out at a restaurant with an ass load of people. Our our president has been out there like at Mar-a-Lago being like a petri dish and shit. Like, no, well, he tested negative, but there's still time. No, that no no that was his IQ, that was his IQ test. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no no like like and even if he, you know what even if he did test positive they wouldn't tell us no of course um but no but there's there was uh, i read a i read a poll this morning and basically like whatever the number is of of people that lean left as far as like what they're avoiding the stuff they're stopping and the things that they're not doing um you can basically cut that number in half as far as people that lean right is what they're doing like something like um like like something like it was a uh, I think it was like 32 or 33% of, of left leaning folks are avoiding restaurants, but only like 13% of Republicans are. And it, it went all the way down the scale, like travel, everything else like that. Yeah. And, um and that, and you know, we could, we could get into the reasons for that, but um I'm really curious to see what happens. Cause I, I work at home. So this is no, no big deal for me. Um, but I'm curious to see what happens going forward. um, when people who do care about their health, you know, because one, one of the things that's, that's really come up in this whole situation, and I'll, I'll be really quick because I know we want to get to the show, but you know, you guys know, uh, you know, my mom passed away a year and a half ago. Yeah. And, and I've, I've thought a lot about, uh, my mom during this whole crisis because I think about people that are probably, or excuse me, not people that are probably, but people that are caring for people that might be, uh, immunocompromised at this point in time. Um, and, How they're probably trying everything that they possibly can not to be around people that are carrying this virus um, and and doing everything that they can in order not to make their loved ones sick. Meanwhile, you just have these grade A assholes going out of their way to shake hands, cough, do everything that they possibly can that will make everyone else inherently more unsafe. And so like even if you're not sick from the virus – your ability to pass it on to someone else who will get sick is really high. And so I think about that from a work perspective where once this thing passes and, and whatever the damage is, you know, whatever it's going to be is going to be, right? But once that passes, you know, kind of what work protocols are going to be for some people where they're just, you know, I, I have a distinct feeling that you're going to start seeing people's political affiliations, um, and their beliefs come out in this. And I can see a whole bunch of people being like, you know, Karen or or Debbie or Ken down the hall, don't vaccinate their kids, don't do any of this stuff, don't believe in this. And I don't want to work around them because they're dumb and they're making me inherently less safe from the things that they're doing. Yeah. Um, And I could totally see that being a thing that's going to really kind of uh, push forward a lot more folks having the ability to work at home because you and, and having that be a, a, a thing that people negotiate up front when they're looking for new jobs is just like almost having it be a question. Like, do you just have unsafe stupid motherfuckers working in your, in your office? Cause I don't want to go there, you no. know? So. And so I, that I'm, I'm going to be very curious to see how this uh, pans out. Cause there are like people on my team. When I got hired into my new role that I'm working now, it didn't change what I'm doing um, in terms of my status as an employee. I'm still listed as a virtual employee. But there are people on my team that do the same thing that I do, uh, and they are not virtual. And I could totally see this being a thing afterwards where they're like, I don't want to come into the office anymore. And if they're able to work the next month and not have it affect the job they do, how's anybody going to tell them no? In any job, you know, especially then you turn around and you you turn this into a public safety issue or a personal safety issue. I mean, a lot of people are going to be like, I don't, the people I'm around are dumb and they're not safe. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think whatever happens and, you know, whenever this does pass by, uh, nothing's going to go back to the the way it was. It's uh, at this point, the ramifications are. They're going to be widespread, and it's it's been eye opening for everybody. I think, uh, just to see how people react to this. There are so many people that they're just they're, they're completely negligent. And
3: well, like, it, one of the things that this uh, virus has sort of real, made me realize is because this this is the thing about 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 COVID nineteen, and it can't be emphasized enough. The actual virus itself is mostly only, you know, like really fatal to like really old people, really young children or anybody who is, you know, immunocompromised. Um, and, you know, but for the record, regular flu does that, too. But the difference, of course, is that the regular flu isn't quite as deadly. Um, but here's the thing. For the majority of people who get this they end up they're pretty much going to you know they're going to have a cough maybe a light fever and then it'll pass within a week but during that time and the 2 weeks before you even show any symptoms you are extremely contagious yep which means that you basically are having to keep in mind that you're not really you know experiencing social distancing necessarily to protect yourself you're doing it to make sure that someone you may not ever know may accidentally spread it to someone you may never know who could die
0: yeah but that's 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 the thing You, you kind of segue right into what i was trying to say in that uh a lot of people regardless of how this spreads or what or whatever it's it's just the attitude that people have.
3: Yeah, it's it requires right. Right. a certain degree of altruism that yeah. some people just aren't capable of apparently. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah.
2: when you're going back to the whole difference between left wing and right wing mindsets about this. Some people have gone so far off the end that trolling is actually a way of life to them. Yeah, yeah. and you know they'll they'll expose people to actual danger uh, just for the
4: lulls yeah so. yeah this this kind of thing it just for me like i said i it's one of those things like obviously I wish my mother was still around, but this is one of those things where I would be terrified if she was because how would we help her, yeah, you know we would be doing like throwing groceries on her porch like like yeah. just like that kind of thing, and then and then, like to that point that was made a minute ago, it's like just the sheer negligence of the way that people are behaving um that that's honestly the part. That is, yeah. is the most shocking to me. Yeah, like, I was hey.
3: on I was on uh Twitter uh earlier today and you know, I was looking at AOC's Twitter profile and, you know, she's on there, and she's like, you know, if you're out there, you know, stay safe, you know, try to protect social distancing. And somebody commented, Yeah, well, I just went out to a big ass restaurant with a bunch of people and ate a crap ton of food because this is America and I do what I want. And I think you're missing one detail. She said she went to a red robin. Yeah, which
1: the majority of is like. Why the fuck would you go to a red? <laughs> right. So yeah.
4: But yeah, it's just that's, even in that's the best the of times. Yeah. yeah. But That's the part that freaks me out. Is just this. Um, I think we're we're kind of just. I think we're drawing a line here, right? In in that, what is safe and what isn't, and I think that there is a when you look at the data, there's a distinct line. Between who feels like this is not something that's serious and it's a lot of older folks and people that are serious, there are people that believe that are serious that are people like in our age bracket and lower. Uh-huh. And, um, I am immunocompromised, so that's, um, yeah, so yeah, no, it's there. a concern. Like, that's one of the things that, that I worry about. Like, I had blood clots in my lungs three, no, excuse me, 10 years ago, I had three of them, and I have one working lung. I'm getting over bronchitis. That's why I wasn't on the show last week. So like I'm really worried about going out and having some dickhead cough on me and, and what that could possibly do. I also have asthma and the complications that can arise from this. If you have asthma are way worse than if you don't. Yeah. And so people, and it just, it just kind of shows the overall problem with this, which is I don't care about you. I only care about me. And, you know, we're seeing that coming from the from the top down. um, And that that in and of itself is really, really scary. And so, like, I think about like all of these developers, like because, again, I'm I'm in software development. What a lot of these guys do is they're they end up in crowded ass um conference rooms. You know, they're in these open air offices, you know, they they go into um, shared break areas where they're eating off of the same tables. Um, a lot of these places cater in meals, you know, so everybody is around all the same food. They're touching the same things, all of that stuff. So um, I think at, at best, hopefully what will happen is, you know, we're really going to reexamine after this is over how our our interactions with things mhm affect the people around us i you know i hope that's that's one of the things that comes out of this um and you know for these these people that are out there like i don't give a fuck like 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 that clown from the nba that touched everything in that one conference and then and then he tested positive for for coronavirus and then the nba was like all right we got to cancel the fucking season because there's no telling what else this idiot did (laughs) like that is in a nutshell, the entire problem with this whole thing. Like you can think and that yesterday he just reality.
2: announced that he's contributing $500,000 to employee relief funds and, um, and health services. Well,
4: you know so. what? That's great, but it's not enough. <laughs> well, like it was
0: scratched the surface, you
4: know? Yeah. And like, and again, I'm not, okay, fine. I'm, I'm happy you're doing that, I guess. But we could have, I don't know. Well, we could we could go on all day about this. The, the bottom line is this should have been treated as a much more serious issue than it was yeah. a long time ago. And and you know we we have a president unfortunately right now who has even said in a press conference I don't take responsibility for any yeah. of this. So we don't have a president right now. Yeah, we're going to be writing this out, you know, over the next you know month, two months. And I just I hope everybody out there, regardless of whatever their political affiliation is takes this seriously, takes care of themselves, takes care of their families and really just stays inside, goes out as little as possible um, and, and you know, because the other reason for for this whole self-quarantine thing is not to deny you from going to Walmart to get pizza or whatever the fuck it is that you're doing. It's so that you don't infect a bunch of other people and then overwhelm hospitals. Yep. You know, because you overwhelm these hospitals, like there's what, I was reading something the other day that Um, basically there's one hospital bed for every thousand people in America you know, and it's an even smaller number when it comes to respirators so if we overwhelm our hospitals with infections and things like that we are going to end up in a situation like what's going on with Italy where they're basically having to make decisions about who they're treating and who they're putting on respirators because they don't have enough so regardless of whatever political jersey you wear Don't be an asshole. Stay inside.
0: We'll leave uh, that there for now. Uh, Well, It's probably going to come up again uh, as we go on with the show. Uh, So uh, let's get into a bit of what we've been doing this week as far as uh, entertaining ourselves. Uh, And for me, well, I'll start off PC Building Simulator. That's going to be in the rotation for a good long time, I suspect. Especially since uh, when I did that interview, I kind of learned that PC Building Simulator is now a franchise. Oh, Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh huh. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not is, sure they were supposed to say that? that, but they did. Uh, how does
4: that work exactly?
0: Well, I'm guessing there's probably going to be a PC Building Simulator 2020 or something edition, whatever.
4: Hopefully, but, hopefully it doesn't have like weird-ass names like um like Intel chips do. Well,
0: <laughs> well, well that would be the perfect it. way to go. It has all of the the Intel chips and their weird. Chips. I
4: know, but like what? But like PC Building Simulator 2 should just be Building Simulator 2, not like. I seven ninety seven hundred. Like, what the fuck does that mean?
2: <laughs> you know, yeah. Don't yeah. pull a hyperdimensional Neptunia with it. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah.
0: That's that's. Uh,
4: Although I, mean, I would take, I would take a sequel to PC Building Simulator called Once More with Feeling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the regular corporation, and they do make some weird ass games. So, yeah, um, th- I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, apart from that, uh, playing a little indie game called Nineteen Eighty
4: X, which is kind of a- I saw. I saw a preview for this. I'm very curious. Tell me, is it good? It is fucking amazing.
0: Okay. So it's like, essentially the storyline is uh, basically this girl who's just discovering video games for the first time. And you get to go through her journey discovering all these cool, cool games. And Mm -hmm. it's, there's a lot of stuff in there that I really relate to because I kind I've had those feelings, you know. So it's it's very well done. There's a great voice cast in there. Uh, there's music by some very well known composers in there, like Yuzo Koshiro has contributed to that. Mm. Uh, and it's like okay, so I'll, without spoiling too much, it's kind of a genre bender because it uh, it kind well, of well, game with that concept would have to be yeah. So it's like the first level is. Uh, if they expanded the first level in, in its, into its own game, uh, it would basically be uh, Streets of Rage 4. Uh, because it is like a side-scrolling beat-em-up that is as mechanically sound as those games ever were. Uh, mm. then, then you go to the second level, which is like an R-type clone. And then uh, you have to get to another location. So you jump into a car and you're doing an outrun stage. Uh and then you're playing Shinobi. And that's the last the last level is all like uh like a fantasy star style dungeon crawl. Oh. It's if all if this sounds interesting, it is. And uh it's, <laughs> it's not a very long game. Uh it's about ten bucks and I would definitely say that it's definitely worth the ten bucks.
4: Yeah. Um
0: I like it. Let's
4: <laughs> oh. put it that way. Yeah, Uh, I saw a preview of it this morning, and I was like, that looks dope. Yes, Uh it is. Um,
0: Don't know where you want to get it. I mean, because I got it on PC, but it's also on PS4, I believe. It's on Switch as well. It's on Switch, too. So, yeah, I think it's pretty much everywhere. Well worth it. Um, Yeah, the only thing I'll say is, like, it's not really in any hurry to get you anywhere. Uh, Because uh, it does the non-skippable stuff, like, all the time. Even mm. like the title sequence when it's coming in and it's fading in, and it's doing all that stuff. You can't skip that. It's like, yo, uh, you're playing me, and I'm you're gonna play me at my pace. So just be aware of that. Okay um, then. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, beyond that, I've been playing uh, Fight and Rage, which uh, yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, any game that has mm in the title is automatically good. Because mm-hmm. um, you know Guns N' Roses and yeah, all that good stuff. Uh, but yeah, it is a Streets of Rage style em up. you notice noticing a theme here, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, except this one is like Streets of Rage on crack.
3: Yeah. Uh, Which, I, to be fair, Streets of Rage at one point had a boxing kangaroo as a selectable character.
0: Yeah, I mean the characters are pretty, you know, pretty insane, but there's. They're pretty standard as far as the character designs go um where this goes insane is like this has a full on combo system uh-huh. uh and you can get you can get into like the hundreds of hits uh if you're uh you know capable of it so like, you can do things like you know uh punch a bunch of guys, throw one behind you uh then you know dash attack and do some like rising juggles and it's like uh basically it's got the combo system of a fighting game in a 2D, you know, beat 'em up. And it works. Mm. It's mm. yeah, it's uh, you might be a little put off by the art style if you're like looking it up and uh looking at it. Uh um, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, but don't, don't let that uh don't let that dissuade you. Uh it's a solid game. It is not easy. Mm. Uh and uh yeah, it also has a really great soundtrack. So and you can get it on, uh, I think, everything now. I know the Switch version came out not too long ago. and Yeah, definitely worth picking up. So that's, that's kind of been it for me. How about you, Pat? I'm um, finally getting back to um,
2: recording Utah Eagles games on NHL 20. I took a little bit of a layoff as I was dealing with um, various work things um, pertaining to the virus outbreak and everything and wasn't really sure what I was going to be doing. Um, I'm still kind of not in the clear about that, but as far as I know, I'm going to work tomorrow. So um, anyway, I will be recording some games and uploading them today. Um, Also back on the puzzle bobble, I'm in the top 10 of the world now for um, the five-minute time attack scoring. (sighs) So that's been fun. And also franchise hockey manager six, while I work out what I'm going to do for my next hockey project. um, I'm not entirely sure what team I'm going to be doing, but um, basically I'm going to find a, um, a real train wreck of a franchise. (laughs) um, Whether it's a current team or a, a past team that hit rock bottom and, I'm going to see if I can turn them around better than, uh, their real general managers can or did. So, um, yeah, look forward to that. And if anyone's got any ideas about, um, what team to fix, then by all means, let me know. Maple Leafs. Current Maple Leafs? Uh, the the ones that suck. Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, I basically, I, I would be able to do that pretty easily. I would just have to, um, sacrifice a couple of forwards to bring in some goaltending and defense and hmm. probably get ready to drink from the cup but <laughs> we'll have to see yeah because the the leafs are not a bad team they're just not a cohesive team hmm. and the the decline they hit this season before play got canceled was really surprising because um in terms of raw talent they're worth all that money that they're being paid, but it just wasn't coming together. And so I, if I were to, if I were handed the keys to the franchise, I would just do a sort of on the fly rebuild, uh, try to try to build from the net out as as much as possible, dump a little bit of salary and see what's available on the, on the free agent market in terms of a goaltender. Hmm. And um, basically, just try to try to rebuild with a lot of assets that we already have. Hmm. So I, I I like to think that the Leafs would be a quick fix. Okay, but um, it is definitely something that I could try. So that's been my week.
3: All right. Well, as for me, uh, my main gaming has been Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, pretty much like last week and the week before. Um. It's so a lot of fun. Uh, I finally made it to Sparta. And, well, the Spartan, Spartan system kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the thing is, one of the two kings of Sparta actually kind of recognizes that. But the other guy is a hard-nosed traditionalist who's always looking for a fight. Um, hmm. So I'm having to kind of deal with that. Yeah. Um. But uh, other than that, I uh, also went and downloaded Prey, which is the. not the original one. Uh, which, for the record, the original Prey is a great game. Um, I've been told that the more recent Prey is also pretty good. Um, oh, this and is, uh, the Remedy one, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, I haven't gotten. Uh, you know, I was downloading it. I hadn't quite gotten the chance to play it yet, but. Uh, you know i heard good things so i'm expecting good things um and pretty much that's going to be my gaming for the coming week at least until one of the four titles as one of the three titles that's coming out this week comes out hmm. we'll be getting to that <laughs> uh but yeah that's me so chris so i have been
1: playing MLB be the show 20 some more mm-hmm.
3: uh here during this weekend i streamed it out last
1: night's uh Liking a lot so far, they've mostly not changed too much here. Uh the one of the big things they added to Diamond Dynasty, which is their kind of ultimate team style mode, uh, is this new mode called Showdown. Where essentially it's kinda like the the draft uh stuff that's in Ultimate Team, where they essentially sit you down offer you like a handful of players for each of the rounds, and you try and fill out at least uh as much of the team as you can in like eight picks. Then it'll fill out the rest with, uh, scrubs essentially. And then it throws you into a bunch of moments, which, uh, moments are, uh, sort of their single player challenges. Uh, typically they highlight a lot of like historical moments, uh, in the, in other parts of the Diamond Dynasty mode, where you're essentially given like a little challenge either to, you know, recreate what happened in, uh, specific moments or, uh, undo them, uh, in certain ways. And this time, in this mode, it is kind of, you're trying to complete a bunch of these, uh, as you work through like a set of like 12, I think, moments. Uh, you get three regular ones and then one is boss, where, at least from what I've seen so far, it's typically, like, hey, you're going up against this, uh, great pitcher, you're down to nothing and you have, 15 outs I think to uh, get three runs or more uh, in that time and beat them uh, which is easier said than done because uh, this is very uh, difficult especially depending on uh, the sort of uh, picks you make. Uh, typically from what I've seen it's been more necessary to build up your offense so uh, that was most of what I streamed was trying that stuff out uh, and that stuff can be really hard because sometimes you just don't get great offers uh, for picks. So you end up having to try to deal with uh, uh, what you got. And yeah, so it's kind of a bit more of a roguelike style mode in that game, uh, which is pretty cool uh, for what you typically expect out of that kind of thing. Uh, I ended up, I think, bidding two of the bosses uh, before I ended the stream, uh, which... Yeah, I had a pretty good team. Uh, I was doing one that was specifically uh, limited to AL Central players. Uh, They're like a good handful. They're one specific to each of the divisions, which is good for if you're trying to build out affinity, uh, which is affinity is these series of challenges that are tied to each of the teams. They're typically like stats like, you know, pitch, uh, you know, 150 innings with, uh, players from, you know, Cleveland's team or any of the teams really as you're working through it. Uh, you're trying to do them for all of them. And so this is kind of a way that you can get some more chances to just play with, uh, certain limit the, the field of players so that you have more opportunities to fill that stuff out versus just getting packs and hoping that you get uh, specific players you need or going through the marketplace and buying them. Uh, that kind of thing, uh, which works out pretty well. As uh, uh, another cool like single player mode, going along with like conquest, which is their kind of turn-based strategy mode, uh, and a bunch of this other stuff. It uh, just kind of flushes it out into a really interesting mode that uh, is a lot better than what I've played of Madden, uh, Madden Ultimate Team, and those similar types of modes in other games. Uh, also played some of the Road to the Show stuff. Uh, which there, there's not too many big changes. They make it, uh, a lot of fur road of the shows, the, your relationships with other players, uh, that sort of increases your ability to get better results out of them. Uh, so they just make that, uh, more obvious when you, uh, do things to help them out. So typically it's just like with my players, first baseman. So as long as I, you know, set up good double plays for my, uh, second baseman or shortstop, uh, and, and on the receiving end of those double plays as well, uh, will bump up the relationship, uh, status with him, uh, a little bit at a time. So, and, uh, as well as just making it easier to know, like, when you, uh, get bumps to your various stats, because, uh, unlike, uh, many of the previous games from this, uh, series, this generation, uh, you are essentially upgrading your player stats just by playing better in the games. Uh, so, you know, if you want to get better at your contact or, uh, you know, discipline uh, stats, uh, you just got to you know, make sure you're getting contact on the ball or, you know, not swinging at dumb pitches outside of the, of the strike zone, that kind of thing. Uh, it's a lot of pretty intuitive stuff. Uh, versus the way that, you know, NBA 2K does it where you just grind out pure XP and currency to, uh, upgrade your stats and then you usually hit walls where you have to do a lot of other stuff outside of just like the career mode to actually upgrade your character. So it's a lot of, uh, a lot more just, uh, making the game fun and interesting. And, uh, some of the other stuff they've done is, uh, more customization focused. So for online, uh, league, if you're playing with other people. There's a lot of customization there for setting, like, oh, you're going to use you know the live rosters, or uh, you can just pull in your Diamond Dynasty team. So you can kind of show off the the, the cards you have uh, when playing with other people. You can play your schedule out of order if you want. So if you are just online with another person and you play twice uh, during that season, you can just play your knuckles out, you know, right away instead of waiting until uh, the officially scheduled time for your games. That kind of thing. It hmm. Allows you to kinda of get through stuff a little more easily and just have kind of like house rules uh for the way you do things. Uh and they do some of that same stuff with uh, franchise mode where you can even substitute teams out for custom teams. So if you want to replace uh, you know current teams with uh you know a bunch of uh, teams from movies and whatnot, you can definitely do that uh, and sort of build it out the way you want, which is pretty cool. Uh definitely something you don't necessarily get out of many of these kinds of games. So that's been a lot of fun and uh, definitely going to keep uh, playing it and working on that. Uh, also been playing more Rocket League. Uh, the end of this season of the Rocket Pass is coming up, I think, in two weeks. Uh, the 25th. So uh, I've mostly done all of the challenges. i got a couple left for this week and uh, i got one more week to go. So almost there. Cool. Uh, got all of the credits uh, so far from what I can get in the uh, tiers, so uh, pretty much ready to go for the next season to just sign up and uh, get back on that. And uh, Been messing around more with my new PC. Got that uh, built over the weekend and uh, fixed the the weird little issues of Mm -hmm. the compatibility stuff with Phil on Monday. Uh, Just downloading a lot of stuff now, so Uh, luckily I've gotten through most of the big stuff. Uh, I think outside of like the Witcher 3 is the the last big game I have to download, but the the rest are like 10 gigs at most. So it's not, not anything that's going to require me like wasting a whole day, just watching a bar fill up before I can start playing some things. Uh, well, except I got to download Gears 5 at some point here. That's like the last one I want to try out, but yeah, I've been playing Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which is still pretty good. Yeah, uh much improved over the last game, especially combat-wise. Mm-hmm. You don't have that um shooting mechanic where you're just kind of hoping it auto-locks onto the enemy you want. Uh that kind of thing. It's more like Hollow Knight where you have this uh like light sword to attack enemies so you can actually do proper uh attacks, you know, you can knock enemies into the air, uh especially some of the annoying ones that uh can just really fuck you up if you're not Uh, dealing with them properly, you can just knock them off onto spikes and just kill them instantly, that kind of thing. Uh, and I've gotten to the point where I have the, the little town that you can, uh, like your home base kind of thing where you're going out collecting, I think it's ore that's used to build out different parts of it. Which is kind of similar to what Hollow Knight did, though that was more just, you explore more and you find the person that specifically, like, takes over, you know, shop or whatever in that town. So this is kind of a, a little bit different, but, uh scratches some of that itch and has less of the the bullshit for like map uh stuff now uh, where' at least here there's still like a map guy, but he will uh give you like the overall map and anything you've done just tracks, so it doesn't necessarily make you guess where you need to go uh for things so uh it's a lot more friendly uh music's nice, looks really nice. Uh, definitely a good sequel compared to the original, which I liked at the time, but it felt kind of like you had to uh, deal with some weird design decisions to get to the good stuff in the game, which is a lot of the cool platforming, uh, the way they set that up. And, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, largely it. Just dealing with a lot of downloading, which now is not that much of an issue. I was just, uh, I need to move stuff off of this, uh, this old hard drive onto the, the much larger new hard drive, which is a, uh, an annoying process in steam to do that. Uh, cause it only allows you to do it once one at a time. You can't just like my, I don't think you can mass migrate games from one drive to another. I don't think at least as far as I could find in the settings. Uh, so I have to, that's like the big project right now is to figure that out. And, uh, also gonna stream some of modern warfare uh, Warzone uh tonight, at least if it's gonna let me play it. I was trying to play earlier and kick getting weird like direct X errors that caused it to cancel out. <clears throat> just caused like the menus to stop reacting to anything I was doing and think get this error and it just quits out and it's like, all right, well, that's good, I guess uh which uh, is not great for a game that needs 90 gigs to download. I <laughs> spent all that time to not be able to play it. Uh, but yeah, it has been pretty much it. How about you, Dan Reb?
5: Yeah, I really haven't been playing a whole lot. Um, my COVID-19 journey pretty much began a little earlier than most. started on Tuesday when I was uh, just hopping on the freeway, and then I got a Slack saying, Hey, Dan Reb, um, you, you, are you in yet? Uh, no? You probably shouldn't. Why? Oh, uh, this is somebody in the next building caught it, and they're making everyone go home. I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. Well, I guess I just go home." <laughs> For me, like, uh, well, working from home isn't the easiest thing. I don't have a desk. I don't. I don't have my double screens and things like that. So, like, when when you're working on a single laptop, when you're used to having two <laughs> or three screens, it's just a whole different mess. And I'm like, "Oh man." Um, luckily, work has been able to help. They said, "Hey, we'll we'll go ahead and ship whatever you need to make you be able to do your job comfortably." But I'm like, eh, whatever. So I'm I'm just going. I'm just dealing with it. Um, we actually have two releases, uh, over the next the next couple of weeks. And while the whole company is on work from home mode, it's been interesting trying to see um how we can adjust um like one of the games I I, I manage is a uh, MLB game, and obviously we had the uh, season postponed. So you know we're getting a whole lot of different rules here and there. But we're we're proceeding as scheduled. So hopefully we'll be able to be all right. Um. It's also been hard because I had some travel for the Philippines scheduled next month. And uh, a lot of the flights and arrangements I made were non-refundable things. And I don't know whether they're going to be a little more lax with those policies. But yeah, I have I have over two dollars invested in that. And I'm like hoping I can get most of that back. But we don't know. Anyway, uh, aside from all that, um, I started Ori 2 last night.
4: Mm-hmm. And
5: uh, mind you, I didn't beat, I didn't beat the original game um, just because like other stuff came out and things like that. But so far, I'm really enjoying this one. Um, mm. But I don't remember this many bugs being in the last game. Like I go into new areas and all of a sudden there's like a slight slowdown, which is surprising because I'm on an Xbox One X compared to the old one that I was on um, the previous time. So. It's kind of surprising, but then it's not because I'm, I I know Unity is known for this sort of slowdown, and sometimes you can't really fix it, even with whatever patch you have, so that's kind of disheartening, but um, it's really cool so yeah, far. I've been doing the pacing. A lot of people are having uh, bugs
1: with that game. Uh, yeah, on all the platforms, um, basically Steam and Windows and Xbox One and Xbox One X.
5: Uh, okay, yeah. It, 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 it sounds like a Unity thing, to be honest. Um, but you like as far as metroid benias go like i'm I'm the guy that tries to fill up as much of the map as possible before doing anything and if you do that in this game it's gonna fuck you up because these enemies are really mean <laughs> so i mean i wouldn't say the game is hard but i feel like my curiosity is getting the better of me here
1: and uh yeah, yeah you're probably trying Let's to do things uh, that you're not meant to yet
5: yeah which, which, which is always like the, the meta game here. It's like should I be doing this yet? No, like that that's also part of what made me, uh, quit Jedi Fallen Order the first time. But I got back into it, really enjoyed it. So, yeah, um, I also played the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake demo. Um, mm-hmm. I've pretty much tried to be on blackout with that, but considering we have all this time, I was like, okay, we'll go ahead and try it out. Um, uh, but Brandon talked to talked, talked a lot about it last week, but you know the game is super beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. and my my concerns with the battle system really uh aren't really concerns anymore. Um the main things that I'm not liking <clears throat> or I still have to get used to is the fact that uh when you stop action, action really does stop, but mm-hmm. it gets to a point where you you forget what you're pressing. It's like, oh, shoot, am I using Barry Am I using Cloud? Oh, he, do- he doesn't have the heal. I have to actually use the potion. And then sometimes the potion isn't usable for whatever reason, so I think yeah. that's an active battle time system problem. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be hard once we actually have three characters to play around with, and um, we'll see how I uh, get used to that. But, you know, so far I really enjoyed what I played, um, and it looks like they're going to flesh out a whole lot of the characters more, which is what um, the original had problems with uh, the first time. So... um while it does suck that we're probably going to spend like maybe $250 on five chapters at the end of the day. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed what I played and I can see why people are looking forward to it.
4: Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's much it for me. What about you, Lee? Um, I have been sort of crawling. Uh, that's probably a bad word choice, but crawling through uh, Samus Returns on the 3ds and i think i'm probably gonna stop um i think i'm probably maybe maybe five hours into it i mean i just got to area three and it's not fun like it was cool at first and i remember enjoying metroid 2 when i was a kid but yeah it's just not fun it's not very um like kind of like the hasn't aged well well i mean it's not even that old you know, like at least the because re- the remake does a lot of things that make a difference. Like, oh, going back and playing like, yeah, I'm playing the remake, not the not the OG version. Um well, I just figured at- they
2: were the same game.
4: Uh, uh-uh. uh no, the the map is substantially bigger, and and there's a lot of stuff oh. there. It's just um, yeah, the combat's different. Yeah, the combat's different. You you basically parry everything. Um, yeah, I'm just not I'm not enjoying it. It's it's um it's very one note. Like the first two or three hours, you're like, man, this is a lot of fun. And then afterwards, you're like, fuck, this sucks. Um, I don't like to quit games, but I think I'm going to quit this one. Um, so yeah, I've been, um, so, you know, kind of, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. I'm gonna try and put a little more time into it today and, uh, we'll see if it, if it, uh, if it works out, you know, um, and I, you know, I Do you
5: enjoy think it? it. Being on a 3DS.
4: No, I don't think it's a 3DS problem. I think it's just a repetitive gameplay problem. Um, part of it is, is that it just, it, it, it fucks with the Metroid, um, gameplay that every, so like, let me give you an example. So every Metroid game that's come before this has really focused on your ability to move. Um, this game makes you stop constantly. So, um, most enemies that you encounter can't just be straight up shot they have to be countered. So you wait for them to dash at you and then you hit the counter button and then you can shoot them once or twice and they'll die. Right. So the game is really about like starting, stopping, starting, start, starting, stopping, starting, stopping. So like, you're like lurching forward over and over and over again. Um, Whereas like, you know, just, you compare that to every other Metroid game in existence, you know um, you kind of can just flow from room to room to room to room this game is not designed like that at all, um, and then there's just there's a, a horrible amount of backtracking that's not fun. Like you know when you go back through like a Metroidvania and you get new stuff, and or just a Metroid game in general, and you get new stuff. You're like, cool, I want to go look at this new thing and do this new. You know, that that feeling is just not in this game. Um, so it's not yeah it's just not not very fun and the thing is is like it's a really it's actually a really pretty game seeing samus in um in sort of this two point five d is a lot of fun but like I think I've killed like twenty metroids so far you have to kill i think i think it's forty two or forty eight total right yeah. and only two of them have been unique um the rest are like sort of just modifications on one another like one drops fire on the ground one drops electricity on the ground like it's just not you know, it's just not very entertaining, to be honest. Um, so, and like I said, a, a, a big part of Metroid for me is like, you know, your is is about movement, right? Like just playing the game, enjoying the way that, that Samus controls. Um, yeah. And this just doesn't work because of that. Like, it may be different if it didn't have Metroid in the title, um, and you didn't have a, you know, because um, I don't want to say baggage, but the expectations of the of a Metroid mm-hmm. title yep. come with it. You know, this was just something else entirely. Welcome
2: to my world.
4: (laughs) Um,
5: yeah. Because in terms of when it first came out, when it first came out, like I really enjoyed it, but I also consider the fact that at the time we didn't have the new Bloodstain, we didn't have Hollow Knight, we didn't have the Messenger, we didn't have Celeste. So, like after those games came out, they they totally changed my opinion on the genre as a whole. So when I think about going back to it, I think I'd have have the same opinion you do. Like a lot of the things just aren't as fun as what they used to be
4: yeah I think that's the other part of it now I haven't really gone through and haven't you know I have not like I haven't finished Bloodstained because of all like the glitchiness and um, I haven't really gone into like the deluge of, of Metroid style games and Metroidvanias that we have and, and I would even argue that you know when you compare something like um, like Bloodstained to the way Metroid is like structurally yeah they they work very similarly but the actual gameplay mechanics are different because Samus can shoot people. Um and in Bloodstained or in Castlevania, then you can't. Um, and that's that's the other fundamental change about this. Like Samus, even though I've gotten a bunch of different upgrades and things like that, she feels very underpowered. Like like I played Zero Mission right before I played this. Um And it's like, you know, again, it's it's all about moving forward, destroying the stuff that's in front of you, continuing until you, you know, you hit a boss or you do, you know, a a puzzle or whatever the case may be. This game just has you literally walking forward, stopping in front of an enemy, waiting till they rush you, slapping them and then shooting them, you know, or you can like freeze them and then actually like hit them with your parry and they'll break. But even like freezing them takes a couple of shots. It's just like, again, it just it just messes with the way that. Um That Metroid games work So it's just not you know and then of course I think Examining it in that That lens of Um you know all the good games that we have now is just you know Um Yeah it just doesn't doesn't really hold up That you know Ghost Recon Wildlands That's pretty much it I haven't had much time I've just been working like a Working like a dog
0: Uh well uh, for what it's worth uh Bloodstained did finally get updated on the Xbox One so it it's fine now you can play it it doesn't crash anymore so good <laughs> <laughs> So there's that uh took 6 months for them to get there but okay uh, so we'll get on to the rest of the show and we'll uh, just a couple of uh big releases this week Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday, I believe we have MLB The Show 20, which uh, which uh, Chris has been playing. Yep. Uh And then on Friday, uh, we've got Doom Eternal and uh, Animal Crossing: New Horizons, two very different games coming out on the same day.
3: And two of which are going, and both of which are going to sell like crazy.
0: Yeah. So uh, yeah, if you're going to be home, well, at least you're going to have stuff, good stuff to play. So. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I suspect Doom Eternal, uh, ba- based on, like, the trailer stuff that I've seen, uh, recently, the watch trailer is pretty awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh Yeah, it's, it, I don't know. I, am still conflicted about that game, but I'll probably, I will give it a chance. I mean, it, it's Doom. I can't totally stop. Yeah. So bear that in mind. And, uh, now we'll get to, uh, the stories of the week, and we'll start off with, uh, well, this kind of happened a couple of weeks ago, but, uh, yeah, I've kind of slipped under my radar, so i bringing it up mm-hmm. now. Uh, GOG, uh, changed their refund policy. Uh, you now get thirty days to refund your game, and no time limit. Uh. This is a very nice consumer-forward thing. Yeah, Uh, and some developers and people are are going to abuse the hell out of it. Nobody's going to abuse the hell out of it. Really? Yeah, because uh, okay, you've got thirty days. If you're playing a game for 30 days and you've put that much time into it, uh, you have to be a monumental asshole to go, yeah, okay, I'm done. I'm going to get my money back. Uh, but they can do that. They can do that, a lot, but most people won't.
1: Uh, I want to say if you do it enough, they will just block you yeah, at a certain point.
0: Yeah, because it's not an automated refund process. So it, has, it has to be reviewed. So oh. like, oh, this guy
1: just does this with every game he plays. He's yeah, okay. Flipping for the next one. Yeah, they will probably remove your ability to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, uh,
4: I, I personally think it's great. Just for the record. Yeah, I, yeah. I think because I awesome buy game. games, and then I don't. I usually don't play them immediately. Hmm. Yeah. Plus, you have
0: to like everybody's. Well, some of the developers are bringing up the the piracy thing, where uh, yeah, people could just pirate it. And the like, they have 30 days and then get their their money back after they've downloaded it. Um, mm-hmm. Completely forgetting yeah. about the fact that GOG is DRM free in the first place. True. So they don't
1: need to wait 30 days to do that. If you're gonna pirate the game, yeah. why would you go to officially pay for it? Yeah, and get it that way.
0: Yeah, which is why when I see it, like the the developers yeah, uh, making these claims that it's going to hurt them, I I kind of can't really have too much sympathy for them. No. Uh, because, you know, my, my thinking is, if you make a game that you don't have the confidence that it's going to hold somebody's interest for 30 days, maybe you're in the wrong line of work.
4: See, I yeah. don't see it that way. I think the reason that they're freaked about this is because we have had a history of fucking developers putting out games that are fucked up. They that are meant to be over. consumed and then yeah. never played again. <laughs> Yeah, they're. And so what they're doing is they're fixing them over a period of time, and so people jump in and go, "You sold me half a product, or a broken product, or whatever the case may be. Give me my fucking money back. I'm not interested in your in your post live support. You should have fucking sold me something that actually worked."
1: Yeah, and or it's well, people that make like finite games. Like, yeah, this just takes a few hours to play, and then uh, there are people that still want to play those but don't want to pay for them. Yeah, which is a weird thing. So they'll just go to a torrent site and download
0: them. I mean, yep, you know, yeah. <laughs> the, the The fact the fact of the matter is, pirating a game is very easy nowadays, despite uh, the industry's best efforts. Um, so, and yet,
3: the industry is still making money hand over fist.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I don't think piracy is as huge of a deal as they you know seem to think it is, uh, but you can bet that uh there's some developers like you know Rami Ishmael who are kind of freaked by this which is kind of surprising because like he's actually makes some good games yeah so yeah uh and then there's the the guy who developed Dusk who goes uh yeah I'm not really worried about this because <laughs> my game's not because my game doesn't suck <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's just I I think as far as GOG goes, they they seem to be the most uh consumer friendly like uh storefront uh on the uh, on the market right now. Uh so I kind of applaud them for for doing this. Uh, it it kind of gives me more confidence in buying there uh because yeah. like I said, if I buy a game and it's like, oh, well, I don't have time to play it right now, you know, I'm not like on a 2 week clock to at least try it to make sure that I got my money's worth uh i can hold it back for a little while and see see you later uh and then by the time 30 days goes by well i've I probably gotten into the game or it's become part of my ever-growing backlog which uh, are games that i probably will never ever get to so <laughs> that uh ha- yeah yeah uh, how many uh have you have a steam account that's like hundreds of games that you bought with bundles and you're probably yeah. never going to get to Yeah, yeah, we all got them. It's nice to know they're there. Yeah, yeah.
1: I I love seeing the number go up. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I do love that Steam event that they did uh, last year where uh, uh, they just like say play a random game on your backlog to to get achievements. That was kind of fun. So yeah, and they just kind of surfaced games from your library. It's like, hey, play one of these. I kind of wish they would have that as a feature, like all the time, really.
2: That would be interesting,
0: yeah. It's like show yeah, the you a bunch uh, of games. Mm.
1: The Xbox PC app does that. It'll say just pick a random game like you should play this. Which is uh, a little bit complicated when it's like, oh this is eighty gigs. Yeah, no. <laughs> you
0: should play this on XCloud.
1: Tomorrow. <laughs> you should play this in a day or two when yeah. it downloads. Yeah.
0: So all right. So, speaking of uh you know, G O G uh, CD Projekt Red's next game will be another Witcher title.
3: Yeah, they seem to have sort of uh, decided, like, yeah, this and Cyberpunk are going to be our sort of two franchises for the for the uh, foreseeable future that we're going to be working in. And uh, well, you could do. Well, I'm certainly not opposed to it.
1: <laughs> yeah. and no word on whether it makes sense be. when they restructured that deal with uh, the writer. Yeah, it's like they weren't going to do that if they're just like, now we're done.
0: Yeah. Uh, I suspect that uh, another Witcher title will probably have his input because uh, that, w- that w- might have been probably part of the deal that we
3: didn't know about. But, yeah, so
0: whether it's Witcher 4 or another spinoff of some kind, we don't really
3: know yet. Uh, it's, it's, they've said it's unlikely it's going to be a Witcher 4. Yeah. It's probably – my guess is that it's either going to be one of two things. Either they're going to sort of bring in parts of the – of uh, Cyberpunk 2077's uh, – creation and progression model so that, you know, you can basically create your own character or they're going to base it around Siri.
0: Yeah.
3: And I would be fine with either one of those things.
0: Yeah. A lot of possibilities there. And knowing CD Projekt Red, it'll take another three or four years for for us to see anything about it. Yeah, Uh, But that's okay. But here's the thing
3: with them, though. mm -hmm. Yeah. But here's the thing with them. It's always worth it. So,
0: yeah, I can't say that I've been disappointed by anything CD Projekt Red. Right? Even their card games are pretty rad. Mm-hmm. So, right. So moving on, I guess. Um, interesting little announcement. Uh, we had rumors of this, but now it's official. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn coming to PC in the summer.
3: That's good. Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn is an amazing game. Yeah. 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 It's one of those games that's
1: like the one of the best-looking games I've seen on consoles. Yeah. Mm-hmm been um, a
3: lot of fun to play.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes me wonder if they're going to
0: blow up advantage of stuff like you know RTX or all that good stuff and just make the PC port like as stupidly good looking as you possibly can. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Did you guys see how the um, some of the PlayStation fans were throwing a fit about it? Well, screw them. Yeah, <laughs> what Sony with, fans are assholes. What, what is like, with those people They did the shit with the Final Fantasy games? Now they're doing it with the with the Horizon games. Like, who gives this shit?
0: Yeah.
2: It's these like, are the same lifes who actually would like to see the acrimony of the 90s console wars come back.
3: Yeah, yeah. because they thrived under that shit.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like the people are like, oh, this is this is happening. Oh, they're putting all games day and date on PC. It's like, no, this is like three years later. <laughs> this is not affecting what they're doing yeah. on the consoles. It's yeah. just, hey, we'll put something out and hopefully encourage PC people to check out PS5. Yeah, or PS4, mm-hmm. check out the new stuff they have.
0: Yeah, but hopefully, it also means it's not going to be the last one of these that uh, end up on uh, PC because you know uh, maybe you no, can bring the uncharted publish games. some
1: things over. Yeah,
0: it's like you know, uh, the over uncharted the games would be good candidates because I think well even. Uncharted Char- 4 is probably old enough now that they could do it. They've run their course as far as the PS4 lifespan goes. So bring them over to PC and introduce them to an audience that hasn't seen them before. So.
1: I don't know. I've heard people say it's their movies. They're not worth playing as games. It's like, yeah. just people being really shitty about that kind of stuff.
3: It's like, what games are we talking about? Player. Player. Uncharted. Uncharted. Oh, those people are assholes. <laughs> <And> the <laughs> Uncharted games are so much fun. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Yeah. there are a lot of people that are just dumb. Just this whole, you know, like...
1: um, Yeah, there are no cinematic games on
0: PC. Yeah, so...
1: There are no games about story on PC. Nobody likes stories.
0: No, PC Master Race doesn't like narrative at all, which is why... Hey, let me
1: start up Fallout games, or Divinity Original Sin.
0: Yeah.
2: Legend of Heroes.
0: Yeah. Ooh,
1: that's a lot of narrative. (laughs) <laughs> very very well written narrative I might point out I just saw there's like a fan translation of one of the games
2: Zero no just yeah came Zero out. no Kisaki yeah
1: Apparently yeah because PS-
2: yeah whether yeah, it gets is, uh,
1: localized or not we'll see yeah so and it's like oh they're taking too long people are taking their matters into their own hands <laughs>
2: yeah yeah well I've already got full English translations of Zero no Kisaki and Ao no for the PSP
0: yeah yeah uh, in other news, uh, the NFL signed a deal with 2K. So uh, this isn't going to be a Madden competitor. This is going to be more non-simulation stuff. So it's possible we get you know games like well, the old NFL Blitz, perhaps. Uh, something to that effect. Yeah, kind no, of so similar you know to you know, something the, like the, that. Because
5: the NBA NFL Playgrounds
4: EA. Yeah. What was that then, right? Yeah, it's if, be, if it's anything but, like
5: NBA playgrounds, like I it's it, it's weird because NBA playgrounds is not a good game, so uh, uh I don't know how yeah. it would impact anything. But yeah, like going better, back to NFL Blitz, yeah. that's a property. uh, uh okay, NFL yeah. Street is also an easy property, so I don't even know what two K does these days that is considered arcadey except for the playground games and they don't even really they didn't they weren't part of the development team there. They they, they just like acquired the company that did it. So yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch. But I'm surprised they didn't just um, allow them to do whatever game they wanted to do.
0: Yeah, and this yeah, is specifically, though, uh, you know, they can't do simulation because yeah, that's that's EA's bailiwick, and that was part of the agreement. So
1: yeah, yeah. it's gonna, gonna be nice. weird because one, 2K has not made an NFL game in over 10 years at this point. Yeah. So people are like, "Oh yeah, NFL 2K is back. It's gonna be great." It's like, no, that's no, it's not happening. They haven't. They don't have the team. The engine's old as hell. They're on new stuff uh, now. It's like and also look at NBA two K and WWE two K, like <laughs> they are microtransaction filled messes. Yeah. Uh NBA yeah, um, And NBA two K Playgrounds two is basically that just a little bit more uh less of a focus on uh realistic stuff. It's just now you're playing this kind of NBA GMS game that's uh, full of microtransactions and daily you know, missions and all this stuff Hmm. Uh, and collecting cards and all that. That's like the entire game. And it's like, stuff's okay, but it's not what people think of within NFL 2K, uh, back in the heyday. Yeah. The the sports. I'm
5: also quite sure that people, I'm also quite sure that people that did work on the old 2K games are working with Madden now. So it's it's interesting stuff.
1: Or just doing other stuff completely. Yeah. Uh, Because, yeah, you don't keep those people around doing nothing in the hopes that someday they get to work on that again. It's like they're doing other stuff, and that's going to be the wake up call for some people. Because you look at uh, WWE 2K 20 that just came out this past fall, Uh uh, that's a huge mess of a game. Still a huge mess. (laughs) Uh, Because, like, mid cycle, they they decided hey, Mm -hmm. we're going to give the whole project to one of the support studios for the previous games. And have them get this out by the fall, and it's like they were not capable of doing that at all. Yeah. Mm. Uh, they still force that game out, still fixing it uh, as they work on a new game but yeah it's it's gonna be interesting to see like what this comes out as and how the reaction is because i don't I don't think they're going to get anything close to what the 2k games were mm. uh, with this quality wise at least uh, it's going to be interesting to see if people actually support it blindly like they do in nBA Or if they're going to shun it like people did for NBA Live, even though it was good the last few years. Hmm. Then they drop it because they can't make money off of it.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, But yeah, this whole thing seems like uh, NFL realizing that they need to diversify their products versus just doing all exclusive for everything instead of realizing like, wait, we're fucking huge. We can get everybody making stuff for us. Yeah. And well, that's how that was just brings it forward. But uh, I
0: don't know. EA dropped the money boat on them
1: at one point. And we've been stuck ever since. Well, it was like the competition they didn't like then. Because yeah. Sega was just talking all sorts of shit and then just released their game at 20 bucks And two, NFL was like, way, way, you're undervaluing our game, our properties. <laughs> uh, we can't have this competition here lessening the amount of money we get. So we're going to just auction it off. To the bitter.
0: So, yeah, I guess, uh, well, now that they have the license and the ability to do something, we'll, we'll see what that something ends up being. Um, yeah. Yeah, like arcade stuff is one way that they can go. They could go with a management sim, you know, just straight on management sim if they wanted to, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, they could do a, just a story-driven football game, just, just story. No Believe, yeah. yeah.
5: Two two k story modes aren't good either. So again, it's a it's it's a wait and see approach for
0: me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had a story mode that was written by Spike Lee, so um, that was at least so stupid. That was, was a good. thing that existed. Yeah,
5: so, and the completely worst part of EA it, but somehow it. Yeah, I don't know. Like the, the, these story modes are like the only reason why I buy sports mm-hmm. games now. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, done right, they could be very entertaining, but. You no know, done yeah. wrong you can get 2k stories so
3: oh, yeah. i mean yeah d- 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 i'm me not there. necessarily oh. saying that a that you know a story mode in a sports game is necessarily a bad thing i mean we all know you know especially here in the united states uh you know the kind of stuff that you know a lot of athletes grow up having to deal with and you know All that stuff. And, you know, if you could do a sports game that had that as well as, like, good sports gameplay, yeah, you could totally do something great. Yeah. But that sports mode that we were talking about that was known as Spike Lee Lee was completely freaking unnecessary. (laughs)
4: Yeah. Yeah.
5: Go ahead, Donna. No, no. um, I was fine. I I was just saying that, uh, um, it, like it was 2K that 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 brought on the whole you know story mode in the first place. EA copied it and they did it better because they actually made fun of themselves. Yeah. So, cool. yeah.
0: Okay, so we'll move on from there. This was a uh, big news that broke at the uh, beginning of this week. Uh, Reggie is has uh, dropped jumped into uh, the fire over on the, and joined the GameStop board of directors for some reason. Uh. I have no idea what's going to happen here. Uh, I'm I'm trying really hard not to make the uh, Reggie's body is ready joke. Uh, I'm, I'm trying really hard not to do that right now.
3: But well, you just did. Yeah,
0: I did, didn't I? Uh, but yeah, do you think he could actually change anything there?
5: Uh,
4: I don't They'll
0: know. start selling pizza.
5: It's, it's a win-win situation. For me, it's a win-win situation because if he actually does anything to turn it around – then it's all credit to him. If he doesn't, nope. then he just pocketed a whole bunch of money. Yeah. A, it's a board of directors' role. It's it's not a, a full time gig. It's 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 money in your pocket. Why not take it?
2: And he really could yeah. be the steady hand at the wheel in all this.
4: Well, yeah, but but he's just he's just on the board of directors. It's not like he's going to be the CEO or anything like that. He's just going to be one voice of many. Um, so it's not like he can just go in there and be like, "All right, you guys are fucking up." you know they're not going to they're not going to listen to him like I would that. love to see yeah. that though. It'd be oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but that's not how it's going to go down. No, no. Um
0: a lot of a lot of people seem to think this is good, like he's going to have full say in everything, but uh that's not really how that's going to work. On the other hand though, um uh, it does bring up one thing that we talked about a couple of weeks back when we were talking about the GameStop closures uh stories. Uh in that he is a guy that actually has respect for video games. Yeah.
4: Yeah. That's so, very true.
0: Yeah. If he can help bring that, uh, that respect back to the company and like, you know, uh, take their products seriously. Uh, just that in itself could be enough to, to help, to help turn
1: things around a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, and it seems like, uh, they are bringing other people on board, which is, uh, William Simon, who's currently CEO of Walmart, and James Simen, Simancic, uh, who is currently CEO of PetSmart. Oh. So it's like they're bringing in retail uh, rather, people to hopefully you help turn some, around.
2: I think they could have found some people who are a little busier. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, on the upside, they
2: because
1: they're current so busy, CO's they might not those, those parties.
4: And I mean, it all makes, the boards.
1: So, well, it makes yeah. it sense though.
4: From even though they're not obviously video game people, it makes sense. I mean, they're people that are obviously have uh, are, are coming from a highly leveraged uh, I don't uh, know, retail space. Yeah. So,
5: I mean, it could help. I and mean, remember, before Reggie, joined the center, he was with, with BH One. So. Yeah. Yeah, BH One,
4: Pizza Hut,
0: and, P- and Pizza Hut, and. uh you know, as far as I can, he said, tell "We from, want
1: big fucking pizzas."
0: <laughs> well, as far as I can tell from his <laughs> career, he's he's got kind of a reputation as being a, a turnaround guy. So, yeah, you know, I mean, he got Nintendo through what was basically one of their worst. Um, uh, yeah. Pierce. Yeah. He got Pizza Hut through one yeah. of their worst. Yeah. So uh, this isn't new
1: territory for him. Yeah, it kind of feels like this is a move you make to try to. Keep the stock from sliding. Yeah. Like, just purely get some names that people know of that have done good work in the past, even if they're not deciding on the direction directly mm. of the company. Like, they might help study their their uh, stockholders' uh, views on the company and hopefully get it, help them get around.
4: Yeah. Well, they It seems like the big issue is yeah.
1: their stock is just constantly dropping, so they're just thinking up anything they can do to. Uh, get them on some steady ground so they can at least take a second and figure out what the next step is. Hmm. Yeah.
4: Yeah, so
1: we'll Well, out. they so definitely have, they like definitely got to do something. Months. Yeah, yeah.
4: It's um because they're having they're having trouble. I mean, I, you guys heard me talk about that last Amazon. I think the the I think the biggest thing that they're having trouble with is not so much like the the move to digital which is obviously a huge problem for them but it's that the main thing that they sell is video games yeah. and they treat their main product like shit yeah you know yeah. Um, and and the thing that you know the ironic part about that is, is they're taking a swing at the collectibles market like yeah, we got these funko's we have all this other stuff and you know stuff that people want to keep in good condition you know, and and then you look at like the video game section and it's like they have stickers on them that you literally could like throw the box in the fire and the stickers would survive, you know, <laughs> like they, not wrong. Just, no. the, they don't treat their main thing that they sell, the main product they sell with any sort of reverence and then it's worth what it's worth. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a, and that's, so that's a huge had,
5: problem. From GameStop online, they actually uh, ship them very well. I've never had any problem with GameStop shipping.
4: Yeah, their their they're shipping oh, I have.
0: logistics are on point.
4: Yeah, I have. Oh, I have. I have. When I ordered now, when Amazon, they did the buy two get when I did the buy two get two free during Christmas, all eight of my games showed up. Uh, all the cases were cracked uh, and broken, and one of the games was missing. Huh. so. Now, new games I've never had a problem with, um, but anything used um, is uh, it's an absolute uh, crapshoot. Crap. Yeah. And I usually don't and I usually I don't buy used. That's not that's not what I like to do. Um, but you know, if you're gonna let me buy two and you're gonna give me two free, like I'm not a dumbass. You know, that's a pretty yeah, that was that's a good pretty game. big pretty 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 big savings. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and ironically, like what you're talking about, like the logistics portion of it, that's actually one of the things that they have going for them. Like if you could show up to the store or you know buy from their, uh, from their website and have it show up on time and be packaged well and things like that, that's something they can go for you. We know this stuff means something to you. We know it's supposed to show up in good condition. We can provide that and they just don't.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I ordered uh, something off their reward site. Uh, figurine for, uh, the sack boy from Little Big Planet. And they were all broken. Uh, just like the one thing, like, make sure this thing doesn't fucking break.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, and then their customer service just dragged their feet trying to, uh, not fix anything, wouldn't respond to me at a certain point. Hmm. I had to literally bring it up on Twitter and hope that somebody of moderate importance, uh, retweeted it. And luckily they did And they called me, like, right after and said, like, Oh, yeah, hey, we're so sorry we didn't. Get all of you, and it's like, yeah. Well, I shouldn't have to fucking do this.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah, when I was, I to when, I was trying to do, when I was trying to do my return with them, they just kept telling me we'll have a we'll have a um, we'll have a return label out to you in 24 hours. And I had a call back every single day that week. And like, I went to the store, and they were like, "We can't help you." So. Why would I shop with you? There are are issues.
0: Uh, So, in other news, we have uh, Ubisoft has big plans to uh, completely overhaul uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint.
1: Yeah. They'll call it Ghost Recon Wild Wildlands Two Colon Breakpoint.
3: Yeah, or you know, it could have been idea. Good idea if they had done that before they released the freaking game. Yeah.
0: Uh, now they're basically having to redevelop the game a second time. Uh, yeah. Which is what a lot of these big live service companies are having to do. Uh, I mean, uh, Bungie's in the process of doing that right now with Anthem.
3: No, um, that's Bi- Bioware. Bioware, not Bungie. Yeah. Bungie
0: did that with Destiny 2. And and, and it actually worked. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm. yeah.
1: Seems like they're going to be overhauling their loot system. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, it's one of the things... Uh, as well as uh, bringing back uh, some of the co-op stuff and customization stuff as well. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other the, so, the yeah. other big thing that they're doing is they're bringing back the core of the way that Ghost Recon has always worked is, and they're they're part of the um, uh, part of the big change is is that they're changing back to where if you get a gun you like, you can use that gun for the entire game. They're moving back to one shot one kill, basically the way Ghost Recon has always worked. Um, and they're also changing out the uh the gear system as well so it's not like oh I went and found an upgrade did this did this and apparently from what i was reading um it looks like you can you can change this on the fly or it's a choice that you can make i'm not quite sure how they're going to do it but the um the caveat to all this is they're canceling their second raid in order to make all this stuff happen which you know okay i you know fine i'd rather they do this than that um but it's it's so interesting to me that oh the other thing that they're getting rid of is I think they're uh, they're changing up so you don't end up in that player hub that we I mean, you guys have heard me bitch about this before where it's like the whole the whole catch of the game is you're like this lone wolf right? right like and you're the one being hunted as opposed to you being the one that's hunting other people but then you fucking end up in this game this game's hub and you see everyone else
0: yeah
4: and so it's like it's like that kind of thing like where it's like I'm alone by myself. In a world that wants to kill me. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just yeah. So, um, so I, I have to applaud them for for doing this. Um, you know, they shouldn't have had to, but at least they're doing it. At least they're not just abandoning and going. You know, fuck it. We'll fix it on the next game. Yeah. Um, but going back to the way that it used to be, and the and and really the expectation. The the funny part about this is. It shouldn't have come to this because if people wanted a gear progression system and this kind of stuff, they can go play the division.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, you yeah, didn't released those two to, games pretty close to each other, right? It's like, they're kind of the same except for the setting. Yeah.
4: yeah, and you didn't need to. You didn't need to shoehorn that into this game. Like people that play the Ghost Recon games are playing it for a very specific reason. Um, like like for instance with Wildlands, I'm like forty hours into Wildlands, I haven't switched my fucking rifle in thirty-four hours. I like the one I have, I like the way I have it set up, you know. I have no interest in fucking trying eighty seven different guns or getting a new pair of gloves that increases my accuracy plus two. Mm. You know, that's not why I play this game. Um I play it because it's like a mix of like stupidity and like a Michael Bay action movie all together at once. Like I was playing just yesterday um, and I managed to land a helicopter, but I chipped a rock and it like shot my helicopter up in the air. And then I got hit by a missile, but it didn't blow my helicopter up. I just kind of like drifted down to the ground on fire and was able to snipe people as I went down. Okay. It, the game is fucking great. It's so awesome. Wildlands is so fantastic. And, like, that opportunity just to take that so much further with just some of, like, the absurdity and the cool shit in Breakpoint. And they just threw that all out the window because they, you know, te- they put all these systems in the game that didn't make any sense and then they didn't have any focus for it. So now they're finally adding that focus back. Um It just, it, again, it just felt like, you know, you, you didn't have any real vision on what this game should be. So, you know, let's just make it, you know, Whatever. And shoehorn everything else in.
0: I, I know, find so. it kind of interesting when like uh like Breakpoint and Fallout 76 uh both suffer from the same problem. Uh in that th- they were developed by teams that had an idea of what they wanted to make, but didn't really realize that they were working in a franchise that has very defined expectations. For instance, uh, you know, Fallout 76, they were making a a survival PvP-style game, Uh, and completely forgetting the fact that uh, Fallout is an RPG, and people are, you know, wanting to survive the wasteland, and talk to people, and help people out, instead of shooting each other. Yeah. It's like they're making a different game, and not realizing that
4: it just, it doesn't work for that franchise. Right. And not just that, like, the... Half of the game goes against the entire idea of what they were trying to achieve, like I said like on on the surface, you know every other ghost Recon game has been about you and a team going somewhere and essentially you hunting someone or something and and for some overall goal yeah and so then the idea of of that changing to now you're alone and you change that to now you know you guys go into this place and you're the ones you know you, not not you guys it's just you being hunted and yeah you can still play with your friends but your ai teammates and stuff are gone like you're truly alone like from a narrative standpoint that's actually pretty interesting and then you know you you change that up to um it's not about your skills or how good you are as an operator or anything else like that it's you know did I get the newest gun or this newest pair of gloves and everything? And then again, you know, halfway through the game, you stumble into this hub and you see all the other ghosts that are stranded there too. But, and, and the only reason that that exists is so you can see the gear that they have. So you can go in and buy loot crates like, Oh, this guy has a skull bandana that I want, (laughs) you know, let me go, let me go to the cash shop. You know, it's just like it's just again, like if you're if you're if you're making those decisions about the way the game is played for the narrative structure, then make the game play to the narrative structure. Right. You know, if it's about survival, then don't have me go walk into a fucking giant gleaming hub and it's like, hey, everybody, what's going on? <laughs> you know, like, come on, give yeah. me a fucking break.
0: Yeah. So. All right. So we'll get into the bigger, heavier stories of the week. Uh, e three's canceled. We're done. That's it.
3: Yay. Yeah. We all, uh, kind of saw this coming, didn't we?
0: Yeah. Uh, of course. It was a win, not est. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was totally a win. And like, like we said, they had, they would have had to, uh, make the decision pretty quickly because, you know, uh, companies would have to start going into setting shit up. Um, so it's good that they, like, decided to do that now. Now they're looking to focus more on online events. Uh, Good. Yeah. Uh, It it makes me wonder, like, okay, uh, these developers have been putting together uh, demos for the show floor. What are they going to do with all those now? (laughs) What they
2: should have been doing with them since 2006.
0: (laughs) What they briefly did. in uh, Yeah. That was the thing. That E3 was awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Can we do more of that, please, where I can just download the E3 demos and play them and you know, kind of get that experience. Uh,
1: maybe now bring they back... Have I don't know that that's going to happen. Because, mm-hmm. like, the the big thing that's been happening with E3 is sort of bringing in the public, and you see a lot of these demos are behind closed doors because they're not demos made for the public to see. Mm-hmm. They'll freak out about, you know, oh, this, it breaks when you go over this section of the area, or, you know, that kind of stuff where it's like...
2: Well, put you know, it of the demo. Yeah,
1: but... Yeah, yeah. but the way people freak out about any issues in games doesn't freak out. I don't know when you're concerned about PR for this kind of stuff has definitely a reason why we don't get many demos. I I, I would,
2: I would officially invite them to fornicate themselves with a tree branch.
1: Uh (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it's the, the show floor has not been where people show off games, uh, especially with the way that ESA wants the the show to go, yeah. which is at this point like a lot of activations. You know, meet you know your favorite Twitch streamer here. You know, come here and get free uh, shit. And all of that has just gone out uh, the
0: window because now nobody's getting demos behind closed doors because there's no behind closed doors. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so it's it's basically going to require like everybody to rethink what they're what they're doing and how they're going to get their their information out there. Uh, yeah, you know, streams and stuff is is fine. You know, you're gonna have the scripted demos and whatevs. Uh, but I, I do really think there's there's uh, there's room for like you know pre production demos to be downloadable. That's where I want things to go. You know,
4: yeah. And this and this goes back to that idea of like this. You know, the coronavirus and and. You know, something I I was talking to my wife with a lot about this weekend was how this is going to probably change how we we congregate in a lot of ways. Like if this ends up being, you know, pretty bad and not just from like the video game standpoint, you know, but just from from a lot of different things. When we have all of these digital delivery mechanisms now, this stuff is going to change like 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 to that point, like E3 demos that were on the show floor make them available for everybody. Damn right you know put them in the hands of people to play you know and then that's going to i think i think for i think for a lot of companies they're probably afraid of that because you if you put those games in front of somebody that's never really played like a work in progress game you know they might be like whoa you know this shit is whack or the frame rate sucks or you know what i mean like whatever the case may be mm. and they may not be able to you know, kind of understand what they're looking at. Um,
3: and that's why I say that
4: disclaimer has to be a thing. Yeah. 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 As opposed to somebody like, like us that have seen these kinds of things, but
2: make it so you can't skip past it. You have to absorb what's
4: being said. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, this is one, another one of those things that I think changes. And I, I, I wonder too, in the future, you know, if, if people start avoiding this kind of thing, you know, E3 or, or whatever, you know, like I don't want to go out to this giant thing where there are a bunch of nasty-ass people because, you know, I mean, hell, we've all heard the – Pat, I know, especially knows this. Pat, I know you are very familiar about, you know, getting sick after tournaments or, or anything. Yeah, Evola. Yeah, Evola, exactly. You know, where you're just like, fuck, I'm going to go out, I'm going to have a blast, and I'm going to come home and I'm be sick for a week. Yep. And on, it's just try. like – yeah, it's just like, yeah, that same kind of thing. And that's, that's from like this basic stuff of like, you motherfuckers are nasty. Yeah. And, and just my God, like just thinking about like just the, not trying to shit on, you know, certain people, but the amount of people that I have been around in, in gaming spaces that didn't do basic things like wash and put on deodorant, those people would be like, in E3, and with this shit going on, that shit would have probably turned into, like, the T-Virus, and we would have legitimately yeah. had, like, Raccoon Johnny City Bob shit. Was, yeah. yeah, like, like <laughs> you know? No, so, I always
2: tell people that E3 is the one event every gamer wants to go to until they get to go to it. Yeah. Because um the image of it is as this... um this happy wonderland of all these games that aren't going to be out for another year and you get to play them now. And no, it's standing in a line with, um, six or seven unhygienic assholes for a few hours at a time, trying to get to play the one game you absolutely came for Mm Fuck that shit. Yeah. The best E3 experience is watching at home with the exception of the fact that, that at E3, you do get the chance to hang out with some game industry friends that you never get to otherwise. Yeah.
4: Yeah, like if you get to hang out with people that have like you know some of like the basic same things that you do, which is like you know hi, I'm you know I'm Lee. I I too believe in things like body wash and deodorant. We can be friends.
2: That you that know? would be nice. Hmm.
4: You know, so. But yeah, like this is I do. I'm really curious to see what's going to happen. You
2: just got too many on. people that w- weren't supposed to be there that were sleeping mm-hmm. in the shitter and, you know by day 2 it's uninhabitable
4: mm-hmm. yeah so i'm i'm curious to see i mean i of course i'm saying this like most people have um you know some basic desire or whatever to to not be sick i don't i don't think most people work that way unfortunately but um based on you know even just what we're seeing now but i would not be surprised at least when it comes to you know the average person who is at least you know semi interested in not being sick or being fucked up or whatever when they're like yeah i don't i'm going to be a lot more careful attending conferences attending um game shows attending you know this kind of stuff yeah especially when we have the mechanisms to to, pre- to present the thing that they were going to see anyway digitally mhm you know nintendo's been ahead of the curve on this shit you know that that's probably the only time i'll ever say that about nintendo and being ahead of the curve you know with them doing <laughs> their directs that's true you know yeah um but, yeah, I mean, it's, this is like, this is, you know, this is what we could be looking at.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so we'll see how that pans
5: yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, like. Uh, Go ahead. Aside from, like you know, COVID 19 and stuff, like, this is all something something that, that the ESA brought to themselves because they don't really know what E3 is anymore and things like that. Like, uh, um, big thing is the la Community center cost uh an extraordinary amount that you know not a lot of people are willing to pay for like so you know N- nintendo just made a good decision so you know what i'm not we're not gonna go ahead and run out the kodak theater we can just make a cool video pay some producers and there you go and like yeah it's, it's gonna be interesting to see well what e3 becomes this year or next year even I, I doubt it'll exist but we'll just um see what happens and uh as far as like demos go um I can definitely empathize with, with with them as far as like making demos because you know we have people that are data mining all the time. Uh, they break, uh, especially when when you actually go to these events. Like they don't even use like real Xboxes or PS4s. They're all they're all just dev kits, and those are harder to bring onto a storefront. But you know they, they can also do what Nintendo does, where they make demos like oh you can only play it five times or you can only play them for about two weeks. So yeah, I definitely want to see what happens there. But um, it's funny. Did you guys see like um. Uh, who actually leaked this information last week. Who's mm, that? Uh, yeah, so it, it was Devolver that said, cancel your E3 flights in the hotel hotels, y'all. It was a tweet on March 10th. Oh. And then five days before that, it was a hot girl with video 69, a cam girl or whatever. <laughs> and uh, she was saying, oh, E3 is cancelled due to concerns about about coronavirus. I found out from a guy who pays me for private cam GFE sessions. There's always COVID nineteen free. And then she tags like Polygon, um, Giant Bond, and, and even Matthew Rory. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this, is, this is absolutely hilarious. Wow, that's so like Matthew. Well, Rory, I mean, guy. you know, yeah. <laughs> okay, all right.
4: I mean, okay, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, wouldn't,
0: never discount what a cam girl says. You know, just, just saying. Yeah, they usually have the inside tip.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, well,
0: for, that's, you know... You know, at the beginning of the end of, for all this was general admission. Yeah, for ETH... Well, I think 3's totally. biggest yeah. problem is just mismanagement as a whole. I mean, yeah. they just don't handle it properly. Gamescom does this uh, every year, and it's been fine. Uh, it's one of the shows that people look forward to every year, Gamescom, and that's probably going to get canceled, too. Uh but, I don't know. There
2: might well, be really a, a birth between now and Gamescom.
4: Well, speaking of canceled, I'm going to switch this one around real quick, if you don't mind, Phil, because I added it later on. So we know E3 got canceled, but, you know, fighting game tournaments are getting canceled now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the NorCal regionals got canceled. Um, uh, final round has been canceled, um, and it's it's causing some some huge... Uh, problems for the uh, the organizers of those events because you know this these are st- these aren't giant corporations doing these these events it's people like you know the NorCal regionals are done by John Choi, um, final round is done by a, a, a longtime Larry. friend of mine Larry Dixon, uh, and you know having to cancel this stuff you know they're they're fighting these hotels and and these venues and and things like that to to even deal with the the contracts so like I think. Um, this is just this the whole COVID-19 thing. You know, there this is if you look on Twitter particularly when it comes to Final Round, it's kind of like what's so interesting to me is the the response that has uh that has happened um to in regards to Final Round uh being canceled. There's a whole bunch of people are like, "Right on, Larry. We get it. You got to stay safe. You got to make sure people are being safe, etc." and then there's just a couple of like shit heels that are like you know how dare you you know and I was
2: saying that isn't very go big or go home of
4: you <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty ridiculous and you know this it's a horrible decision to have to make um because you know you're letting down a ton of people and people have had plans made and uh you know flights and all of that so you know there's a lot of moving parts that you know unfortunately like Larry or John Choi or anybody else can't just account for um you know, if he cancels his, you know, if, if John Choi or Larry cancel their event because they don't want to make people, you know, more sick or, or you know, frankly get a bunch of people in a room so they can get sick. Um, he can't make Delta refund their flights, you oh, yeah. know. um, That's not what they can do. Um, But, you know, I've seen people like raging at them like, well, what about my flights? Uh, Well, you now, know,
2: what I would do is um, if I had a, a venue that was trying to hold me to the Coles as a tournament organizer, um, to to go through with the transaction and maybe even the event, I would just threaten to rat them out to the media.
4: Yeah.
2: That's not a look that they're gonna want. Same with the, the airlines.
0: Yeah.
2: So yeah, you let us out of this deal because that is the sane and responsible thing to do. Right. We will tell all of these people that you are trying wow. to endanger.
4: Well, especially if you are if you are in a place that has like, you know, at least good uh, local investigative, you know, journalism like oh, yeah. around here, you know, at least our local TV channels are pretty hardcore when it comes to like local places doing something that you would consider, you know, fuck shit. Um, you know, we have a couple of a couple of TV stations here. will will put you on fucking blast. Yep. And if, it, if it literally comes down to like I'm I'm. I'm not doing this because I don't want to pay you or whatever. I'm doing this because I don't want this hotel to have, you know, two to three thousand people in it that are coming from not just all over the United States but all over the world, yep. and then have this be a contamination problem, have this turn into a fucking petri dish. I'm not going to do that. That's the uh, responsible thing.
2: Just go on, um, go on YouTube and do a search for Get Heart." And you'll see what Utah has in that regard.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think about like sporting events, esports tournaments, uh, all of this stuff is—you literally cannot do these online. It does not work. Uh, the, these are events that have to be in yeah. person. So, uh, in order to have credibility, yeah, in order to have it to have credibility, legitimacy. And, uh, so, like, they cannot afford to, you know, to be like the ones that end up spreading the, uh, <laughs> spreading the virus. Uh, you know, and the, it's not a good look for them for PR. So it just makes a lot more sense for them to cancel the events, even if it is a huge pain in the ass to do, uh, oh, yeah. cancel the events and, uh, uh, wait for things to get a little bit more stable. And when we ha- actually have testing methodologies and vaccines and stuff in place, then you, then you like reevaluate your stuff and it's, put the events back on. But yeah, when we're in such uh, uncertain times right now, yeah, you really shouldn't just have people getting together like that. It's just it's a recipe for disaster because it only takes one. Mhm.
1: Yep. And uh especially with a lot of stuff like at E3, uh things like showing off games, uh you can easily do that stuff via stream. Mm-hmm. Most publishers and developers already do that. A lot have, you know, weekly dev streams, or Ubisoft has like a weekly, like, here's what's going on with the, you know, our games. Mm-hmm. You know, Forerunner has, you know, the Prince of Persia is a new character that's coming to it, like that kind of stuff. So they can easily show that stuff off its, uh, uh, on Twitch or whatever, whatever event they're planning on doing. And it kind of makes the the rest of it, you know, Kind of superfluous because you don't need to sell that merch uh, or giveaway merch, produce all that merch to travel these people across the country, all your TVs and all that stuff, dev kits that you're showing off on. Mm. It's a lot of money to spend just to show off to, you know, tens of thousands of people versus a stream that goes out to millions. Yeah, like that's something that we could potentially see developers wake up to here and be like, "Oh wait, we really don't need to actually." Do E3. So we also got Gamescom, got, you know, PAXes if they're doing that. they usually don't do huge boosts at PAX. Yeah. Not all of stuff. them are going to be it's
0: reevaluating like, how they do things because they're all, yeah. all practices in place to make sure people don't, you know, come in sick.
1: Yeah. But I'm thinking in the future, yeah. After this, hopefully, after this is all, we've all fixed it. Yeah. Put the vaccine and all that out there. Like, companies can come together and be like, Well, we know what a life without E3 is like. It's not as bad as it seems. Yeah, it's only bad for the ESA because this is like like, like... the year they get out of this
0: event. And if you do things like uh, you know tournaments and stuff, well, then there's going to be the requirement, I suspect, for uh, when there is a COVID nineteen or whatever vaccine that you have certification that you did in fact get it. Yeah, I, I think that just becomes commonplace at some point. So
1: You also have to submit to a fucking BO check. <laughs> it's like you, your stanky ass ain't getting in this. Mm-hmm. Go get a shower, come back. Hey,
0: if it raises standards, uh, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, And yeah. I wanted to end, I think, on a story that's a little bit positive. Uh, some positive stuff coming out of COVID-19. Uh, as a result of people being stuck home Uh, ISPs like Comcast, Verizon, AT&T, Cox uh, have decided to uh, suspend their uh, bandwidth caps and in some cases, in the case of Verizon, uh, Mm. increase
4: speeds. Oh, it is so nice to see all of these companies dipping their into their strategic <laughs> packet reserves, you know, in order to allow people unlimited access to this highly fungible and finite packet supply we have.
1: Oh, yeah, Dude. they found a few more bits. bits I know.
4: I know. Yeah, exactly. I know it's supposed to be positive, Phil. But the thing is, is what bothers me about this is, is that we know those shouldn't be there in the first place. Yeah, This ties together with the same thing. Like, have you seen that latest story that you can now bring 12 ounces of hand sanitizer on a plane,
5: mm-hmm.
4: which the whole three ounce thing that the TSA pulls is bullshit anyway, mm-hmm. you know? And it's the same thing as like why all these uh, jobs tried to give people shit about working at home, which was bullshit anyway. You know, data caps are bullshit anyway. And this is just like one of those things where they do this stuff. We knew it was bullshit and they do it like a sort of like a, an act of goodwill. And it's like, but you motherfuckers shouldn't have been doing this in the first place. I go, give them credit. Okay, fine. But the thing is, to me, what are they going to do when things go like again? I think we're going to be really looking at a new normal.
0: Yeah, I, right. I think so too. It's like, I, uh, I know that all of these limits were completely arbitrary and just completely designed to increase profits. Uh you know the, the, they don't have a limited supply of bits. No. Uh they're basically just doing this uh to gouge you. And now and if they, you know, are proving now that they can just turn it up at the uh you know, press of a button, so to speak. Uh, yeah it kind of it kind of makes it like they can 't walk this back no nope. <laughs> they 're stuck with it
1: <laughs> yeah. oh that's I think you're underestimating their ability to change what they want to do <laughs> and limit people more than they should
2: when you give somebody something then um you know it the it can be almost inconsequential even in situations like this. When you take it away you regardless of the consequences, you are inviting the the wrath of hell basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well
1: that's what their customer service is built on. Like, hey we'll give you a, a better deal for, you yeah. know, the next year. Uh let you keep using mm-hmm. this but you're gonna uh pay a little bit better and then like ISPs are I great just, at shipping away make at this
2: things. the permanent oh, um, unlimited package, and maybe we'll let you keep your legs. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm glad they're doing it because the thing is, is but I think. Uh, let me just preface this. I don't think the reason that they're doing this is altruistic. No, I think no, the not. reason that they're doing this is because there's going to be so many people at home sucking up bandwidth because they have to work at home, because their kids are having to to do classes at home and all this other stuff that all of a sudden people's bills are going to spike and they're 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 essentially at this point selling to a group of people that might not have any money. You know, we already know that for a, a ton of people they're not going to have um, they're not going to have the money to even pay some of their bills, yeah, right, And so then, all of a sudden, you know, if Comcast comes out and they have a couple of million people hit with overages of ten twenty bucks, that's gonna look awful for them, so this is really just them doing it so they don't have a problem in two months that Congress has to get involved yeah. with. Because the And keep the, in the, mind the comments make... will be you guys took advantage of a group of people that were sick. That's what yeah. that's what will be written about in the yeah. New York Times yep. and the Washington Post and everything is during an epidemic, you know, when the World Health Organization said this was a problem, Comcast and Verizon and AT&T tried to make as much money as possible. Because Verizon already had that happen, remember during the yeah. fires in California? Mm-hmm so yeah
3: yeah and keep this also in mind uh america's bandwidth is already the shittiest in the industrialized world
0: yeah
3: like the absolute worst Hmm. and uh there's you know there are reasons for that and there is one thing that can be done to help you know i won't completely solve it but it'll uh it'll help uh fix some problems uh Start treating the internet like a public utility, like pretty much the rest of the world does already.
1: Yeah, get more cities and states setting up their own uh, utility internet. Yeah. yeah. Some have already done it and pissed off the big the companies and forced them into offering you know better prices, better
3: speeds. And you know why services. they're able to get away with that, right? Yeah, because yeah, no I mean, yeah, we, we've told the story a few times. I'll – retail again. Basically, back in the 80s, all of the cable companies, which are mostly the companies that also are most of our internet and stuff too. Uh basically back around the early 80s, they all got together and had a conference where they basically divvied up parts of the country as their own territory so they wouldn't have to compete with each other. That's why, you know, you're in but depending on what uh, region of the country you're in, there's only one uh, telecoms company that you can have access to. Those major ones. Uh, yeah, and that was. Keep in mind, back in the early '80s when they did this, there was over a dozen of them. You know how many of them there are now?
4: Mm, three a handful.
3: About three or four. Yeah. yeah. Uh so yeah.
4: Yeah, sorry sorry to rain on your like, you know, in on a positive note. It is don't get me wrong, it is good that they're doing this, but I think they're only doing it because the optics of this in two or three months when we're past this and people actually get their bills.
3: Oh yeah. Are,
4: are going to be AT&T, Verizon, Comcast, you know, they all try to profit um as much as possible, you know, during a pandemic.
3: Yeah, uh, maybe maybe the good part that will come out of this is that people finally realize that yeah the telecom companies have been screwing them over this whole time yeah and maybe this will be the shot in the ass yeah. that this country needs to finally start some of those reforms we were talking about yeah so. I,
2: I think they've painted themselves into a corner from which they can't escape
4: yeah so I don't yeah. know I would like to believe that but and not to take it to like a dark place or or anything like that but you know we're If we're expecting this kind of stuff to change, the other thing is, is that we're, or people to be upset about this stuff. Um, We're also the same country that, you know, not too long ago, um, in the overall scheme of things, we watched, you know, a bunch of five-year-olds and six-year-olds get slaughtered in a school, and we did nothing about gun control. If we think, you know, this is going to be the kind of thing that turns the tide against telecom companies, I don't. I don't think this will be it. And, and again, I'm not trying to take, I a just
2: don't underestimate how toxic way. and shitty people can be when, um, you take something away from them. Only this time, the maybe. the toxicity and shittiness could be harnessed for something productive.
4: Yeah, maybe. But I think the other part of it though, is that even when you talk about the toxicity and the shittiness and, you know, frankly, people using a, a platform like the internet, which sort of seems like these days to exist just to be toxic and shitty. Um, Using that, you know, as a weapon against people like Congress. Like, on one hand, I feel like that would make a lot of sense. But on the other hand, all of the people that are in office right now don't give a shit. Like, one of the things that I constantly see all the time, um, in regards to the people that are in charge of places like the FCC or just Congress people in general, you know, senators or or House members or even to the president, you always see these, these, um, these news articles or opinion pieces or, or things like that that are written. And it's all these, the, the language is always built around like these people should be ashamed. They should resign. They should this. They should that. None of these people care. They can't be shamed. Mm-hmm. Like Ajit Pai, the guy that's heading up the fucking FCC, he doesn't give a fuck. No. You know, like all of the vitriol. Well, I'm and not, hate I'm that not was,
2: talking about vitriol. I'm talking about the doxing. I'm talking about yeah, the actual stalking. I.
4: I know, but the thing is, is that just I think those guys are so separated from normal people and they have the money to remain so separated that the outrage of us, Mm -hmm. you know, peasants, it's just not going to make a difference. Even if they are being doxxed, even if people are camping outside of their house and and it's just not going to make a difference because on that legislative level, these people can't be ashamed because they have no shame, like that's the biggest difference between now and it even seems like thirty years ago. You know you definitely always have had questionable politicians and people in places of power, but it did seem like to a certain point you could appeal to their ego or something to just go like, "Is this how you want to be remembered um, that doesn't exist for any of these oh. people no it doesn't. You know, and so they're willing to be like to anybody, like if you could just make me as rich as possible, I don't give a fuck what people think of me, you know, because we've now, especially now we have like a society that is constructed around. If you have enough money, you can avoid all the people that you would have to be responsible to anyway. Like I read a really interesting thing just the other day about the there's a real problem, you know, like we're like all of these, like one of the things for for people that have made a ton of money, you know, where there's there's separate wings and airports where rich people can go and avoid security and avoid being around these giant pileups of people that are causing people to get sick with this coronavirus in the first place. Like if you have the money, you can get away from this stuff in the first place. And that's what people like a Jeep pie and and all of them don't give a fuck anyway. So anyway, like I said, I know that got, you know, kind of dark and a little bit derailing, but I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully, like I said, I'm trying to remain positive that there's going to be enough of small, and medium sized things that affect so many people out out of the coronavirus happening that we're going to have to see some changes forced you know on a society yeah. level for for big and small things um because yeah. this the, the net is cast wide enough um you know and hopefully hopefully we'll you know we'll see that and i would love to see finally you know the internet be treated like a utility because yeah. let me tell you something you know what you know what like do you guys remember when we had the the government shut down, what was it, last yeah. January? You remember yeah. the thing that finally caused things to get moving was um, uh, the airports basically shutting down? Yeah. Can you imagine during this next month when everybody's stuck at home, if like the servers for like Netflix and Hulu go down because engineers can't go in to make sure things are still running? That's when shit will hit the fan. When the yeah. internet stops doing basic shit that people need and for entertainment and commerce that's when we'll have regulation hmm. and that's the other part man it's like my kid's like yeah i'm only gonna have to do like three three four hours of school work on monday and i'm like me i'm like shit it's a regular day <laughs>
0: yeah oh. all right so i guess we'll wrap it there uh yeah fun show this week a lot of uh interesting news and i'm i'm sure we haven't heard the last of the human malware situation there's going to be more next week oh, no yeah. doubt
3: oh yes of course there will be
0: yeah so we'll keep you posted and we'll... we're also going to have Xbox Series X uh details next week mm. cuz that's uh, that announcement's supposed to be this week where we get all the details it was supposed to be a GDC but that didn't happen so microsoft is doing their own thing so yep we'll talking about that on sunday all
3: right. We'll also be telling you about uh, Doom Eternal because I'm definitely going to be picking it up. Yeah, looks good. So <laughs> and I'm sure animal Teresa crossing. will be
2: here to tell us all about Animal Crossing.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, Whether we want to or not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lots of Animal Crossing. Hey, it's a fun, addicting, and very kind of chill game. So
1: yeah, yeah. worth it.
0: It's maybe, maybe a, a better life now, than actual
1: yeah. life. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> It's a lot simpler. No healthcare bullshit or any of that.
4: I feel like if you just changed the skin on Animal Crossing, it would really just be about selling drugs.
0: I think that game exists. And I'm pretty sure there's a mod for it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, you can do so on anchor.fm slash Update. Uh, head over there and pick your favorite platform, and you'll get that delivered directly to your device. Uh, you can also check out smashpad.com, where we have our written content. Uh, not a whole lot there yet, but that's going to change shortly. Uh, so for uh, Patrick Mifflin, Brandon Perkins, Chris Sologi, Dan Vittorio and Lee Lamb, I have been Filippo D'Anolfo, and we'll see you next week.